We are continuing our Eucharistic series during Advent. In the last two Sundays, we talked about the Eucharist as sacrifice and meal, and the Eucharistic presence, transubstantiation. And today I'm going to speak about the effects of the Eucharist. But every effective homily always has an example, an illusion tied to it. And so I begin to consider what is something that is near and dear to our culture, some of the highest art, something that uh, is created by man and held in high esteem, a story of a man who journeys from bitter, shameful isolation into uh, a heroic pursuit of love with a community, a man who sacrifices when he's not asked to, and then deeply sacrifices whenever it is commanded most of him and of his own will. And I can think of one movie, that is Shrek. <laughs> and so I'm going to talk about Shrek and its allusions to um, the effects, some of the effects that the Eucharist has on us, looking at his journey to Fiona and with Fiona. So, as we know, Shrek is an ogre. He's green. He's obtuse, not only in shape, but in character. And he goes out in pursuit of Fiona, who awaits him uh, as if one is like as if a, a prophecy is being fulfilled about her. And upon Fiona's arrival, realizes, oh, this is an ogre. And for Shrek, this is just business as usual. He's just going in there, grabbing the lady, throwing her like a sack of potatoes over his shoulder, and heading out. And during his entire journey out of isolation, he has someone, you could call him an ass, following him and barking in his ear at every corner and as he journeys along he is persevering and going over these small sacrifices and finds himself though not appearing any different to be transformed inwardly falling in love with this Fiona who has already been enamored with him, even beyond his own ugliness, both exteriorly and more so interiorly, until in the end he is himself finally transformed. What does this have to do with anything? Well, Shrek, in his initial movement toward the castle, could be likened to any Catholic deciding at 8 p.m., oh shoot, I haven't gone to Mass today, it's 9 p.m. And that perhaps we see in ourselves maybe not a great desire at times to come to Mass, but just know, I gotta do this. I gotta be here. And as we come along, we notice that Fiona, this kind of like, we could call her a Christ-like figure, waits for us, and has destined us to be here. Fiona awaits Shrek's arrival. And Shrek, when looking in the mirror, sees nothing spectacular. 
even though he is, by this prophecy, destined to be the one to retrieve Fiona. And as Shrek then journeys with Fiona, as the church journeys with the Eucharist until it reaches paradise and heaven, begins to be wooed more and more and recognizes in the hidden appearances of the Eucharist that Christ is within them, that Shrek is transformed by this gradual love. And along his journey, that he has this voice of an ass always chirping in his ear, is very much for us the members of the church who we can look around and say, look at all of these asses. But still, we know that the ass is right and that we continue to move forward, knowing that even sometimes it's offensive or it prickles our pride. Now, there are three effects that I want to talk about in the Eucharist, and I can use, I'm going to use Shrek in another movie to uh, describe. The first is that one of the effects of the Eucharist is this connection. Do I feel disconnected from God? Shrek, as we know, is very comfortable in his isolation. What he does not know is that he is simultaneously comfortable in his bitterness and in his shame. And so whenever he is called forth to go to the castle, he's still holding on to his bitterness and shame, but he goes out of himself to be connected. That in the Mass, if we are to be connected to Christ in the Eucharist, and I throw this out there because I'm talking about an effective reception of the Eucharist. And I'm just talking about, we all know what it's like to just go to Mass, have our head in a whole different world, come up and receive Christ in the Eucharist, and act like nothing ever happened. I'm talking about fostering an effective reception of the Eucharist so that its effects can take its effects in us. But no, but his first movement is an act of the will, might not be an act of the appetites. It's not something that he necessarily relishes or desires. Shrek is is sitting in a swamp, and he's not saying, oh boy, I can't wait to go out and meet a damsel in the castle. He's like, no, i got to leave my comfortable swamp dungeon to go out and take care of business. But in doing that, he not only connects himself with Fiona, but along the way has to connect himself with the ass. He has to connect himself with the church. And so this disconnection from God can only happen through the ass, through the church. can only happen through the donkey who guides him onto the way to Fiona. And so this connection is something that we must will with the help of the church and the sufficient grace that is given us. The thing that I'd like to talk about more, though, not only disconnection from God and his church and remedying that, but the effect of curing slothfulness. Whenever we receive Christ in the Eucharist, we come into contact 
with his virginal, pure, humble, and zealous flesh. Purity, humility, and zeal. To where the more that we give ourselves over to Christ, who gives himself to us, then what happens is we knock off the rust of the lower loves that we have. Again, note that um, Shrek, as he journeys more and more with Fiona, becomes more and more in love with her. But he doesn't just walk with Fiona. He, as he walks, he sacrifices for Fiona. That as I come to the altar and I am sacrificing my attachments more and more, I have a deeper love for the Eucharist. That is, again, healing my heart. Archbishop Fulton Sheen called this expungatory love. That we, we if we're struggling with an attachment to a certain love, we don't just rip that out, we expunge it out with a higher love. That because I love Christ and the Eucharist, I don't love these other things, these other sins as much. I tend to just forget about them. I'll reference another movie of America's finest cinematic art pieces. In the last Avengers movie, we're all familiar with the character of Fat Thor. Fat Thor is the one who is disenchanted. He sits on his couch, though, and he drinks beer and he plays video games with his buddies. And no one is getting him off the couch. He, in his mind, is having a great time. He's just living day by day, doing what he wants. The only thing that is going to get him off of his couch is that deeper love. But that deeper love is deep because it appeals to something about Fat Thor. It appears, appeals to him because he's true Thor. It appear, appeals to him because of his origin, who he was, and where he is going. He has to defeat the villain. And so in the Eucharist, we have this like holy nostalgia that makes us wake up, makes us recognize whose we are, the Lord's, and to where we are going to become like Christ. In reception of Holy Communion, if I'm in a state of grace, it causes this, recognizing that we belong to the Lord and we will be like the Lord. And so it wakes us up out of our lull of loving lower things to love sainthood, to love our final destiny. The fourth thing I'd like to talk about in the last is the Eucharist as strength. The Eucharist as strength. And that when we surround ourselves with the Eucharist in the church, that we must be strengthened. There's something about being immersed in a community, whether it's the community of the divine persons or the community of the church, that enlivens us and allows us to move forward. This past weekend, I was with uh, two former students and their eight, I guess, peers who became nuns. They were invested in the habit. 
And we spent the weekend with them, and on Saturday, yesterday, we spent the day at their house. And it was a very enriching experience because in being brought into their home, we had to share in their life. And their life had like these small particularities that you take for granted, but make you realize, oh, I am participating in a little bit of this poverty, chastity, and obedience. You walk into the house, like, okay, well, let's sit down and visit. Where are the couches? There are no couches. We're poor. You know, that's what nuns do. There's no comfy chairs. We're poor. We go outside, you know, throw in the Frisbee. You want to uh, play sports. It's like, well, we're not going to change to our clothes. They're wearing their, their nun habits. I guess this is what we're doing, kind of taken into it. I guess we're just waiting around, seeing like when we're going to pray, when we're going to say Mass. Why? Because we're obedient to Mother. We're taking in to that mission. But when they took us into that mission, they also took us into that joy because everyone in that room recognized that what they did was worthwhile and that in sacrificing so much, they must have sacrificed for someone so great, the Lord. And so a similar thing can happen to us if we receive communion with the spirit of faith. We continually shed our, the scales from our eyes of our own sinfulness, begin to see Christ who sacrifices everything for us, and in turn we are brought into his mission and his joy that he is dwelling with the Father for all eternity. And so the Lord effectively in Holy Communion desires to connect us to himself through his church as we spoke about with Shrek connecting himself to Fiona through donkey and then knocking us out of our slothfulness through having stirring up a deeper love through the sacrifices that we make knowing our origin and our destiny and inviting us finally into his mission and into his joy.